We have two scripture readings today. The first one is from the book of Romans. Romans 12, verses 1 through 8. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to Christ because of all that he has done for you. Let them be living and holy, of living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. In other words, don't be conformed to this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you a warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith As God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. And if your gift is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Romans 12, 1 through 8. Our gospel reading is from the book of Matthew. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. We, are, we have been most of my time with you. In the Gospels, we have been with Jesus as he raises Lazarus from the dead, as he heals a woman bent over for 18 years. Today, he is in the region of Caesarea Philippi. And when he is there, he asks his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, And others say Jeremiah are one of the prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, 
that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, be present with us, move among us, be a teacher, open our minds, open our hearts to what you would have us hear. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, today in our scripture reading from Matthew, Jesus asked a central question of the disciples but who do you say that I am? Now, this is your take-home scripture. This question from Jesus, who do you say that I am? This is what you hang on to for the next week. Think about it. Mull over it. Jesus and the disciples have come into the district of Caesarea Philippi. This is in the north of Israel. It is a Gentile town, a town of foreign gods. There had been a shrine there to the Greek god Pan, and now it had been dedicated to a Roman emperor. That's where Jesus is. That's where he asked this question. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they list off the different things people have said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. That is what people said. They were wrong, but that's what they said. And then Jesus asked them, what do you say? And old Simon Peter says, you are Jesus, the Messiah the son of the living God. Peter confesses Christ. What a day that was. The Messiah, the one who had been promised, the one that the people of Israel were yearning for. You're here at last. You're here. I have often thought that this is the only confession of faith that the Christian church really needs. You are the Christ. Who do you say I am? You are the Christ. In Romans ten nineteen, St. Paul writes that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me say that again. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified or made right. And it is with your mouth that you confess and be saved. There's a a song I learned when I was first born again. It's just a little song. 
I don't want to do this to you. <laughs> I'm the worst singer in the universe. But some of you, I'm just going to do a little bit. So you don't last long. But some of you may remember that. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Some are singing with me. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, that's a good song. And scripturally correct. (laughs) You see, our confession is our salvation. Our confession is our salvation. And there's a wonderful verse in Revelation, the 12th chapter. Now, they are talking about overcoming Satan. And so, Revelation 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. He's Lord. He is Lord. You are Lord. You have risen from the dead. And you are Lord. Do you speak your faith? Do you confess Christ? Does your family and friends know that you believe in Jesus Christ? I heard someone say, a lot of people are clerical Christians. Only their hairdresser knows for sure. (laughs) So, do you confess Christ? Do people know? I remember when I was 40 and born again, and it was so wonderful. And I wanted to tell everybody. But I was afraid that my words were inadequate. And of course they were. Of course. But Christ uses that which we say, which we confess, that it can enter the heart of others so that they may believe. He uses even the poorest confession we make. Nothing is wasted in the kingdom. Nothing. So who do you say that he is? And then Jesus gives Peter a new name. Jesus says to Simon, you're Peter Petros, a rock. Peter, a rock. He never did show much of that. He doesn't look like one. He will deny Jesus. But you see, Jesus saw something there that not even Peter knew was there. He was a rock. He was. And Jesus sees that in us, what we really are. And my dear friends... When he calls us, it is with that knowledge. Jesus told Peter, I'm going to build my church on this rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Not that Satan wouldn't try. He does. But he will not prevail. That is a promise from God. If we believe like Peter that Jesus is the Christ, will he bless us? The scripture says he will. Not only will Jesus bless us, he will give us 
a new name, and he will give us work, a task for the kingdom. We will serve him. And we love Jesus so much that our service is an expression of our gratitude. In our reading from Romans, Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and perfect and acceptable. I said before, I spent most of these three months that I have had with you. Oh, I've just loved it so much. But I have spent them in the Gospels because that's what the Lord called me to do before I ever came here. But I wish I had a month to spend in Romans. It's so much wisdom. I think that maybe you'll have me back one evening and we'll have potluck and we'll do a teaching in Romans. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? And those of you who didn't come to our two potlucks, let me tell you the food is something else. It is so good. All right, back to our thing here. God will reveal to us our calling. And he lists just a few gifts or graces, prophecy, teaching, exhortation, giving leadership and compassion. What a wonderful gift compassion and kindness is. You're blessed if you have that. Ask God what your new name is. Is it teacher? Is it giver, leader, or healer? Is your new name maker of music? Has he called you for that? That's your new name. Or is it administrator, or farmer, or rancher, or someone who repairs? I believe that the many things that each of us do is a calling from God. Your profession is your calling from him. It is holy. It is holy. Do it that way. And be generous to all who come around you. There's a saying, a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Is everything always going to go well for us? No. In our scripture, we see a word of warning about the difficulties we can expect to face in ministry. The gates of hell will come against us, but they will not prevail. We are not called to privilege or position or power, but to work in soft hearts and to understand that the one who calls us is with us. The one who calls us is with us. This week, be in deep thought about Jesus' question to his disciples and to us. Who do you say I am? And when you answer that, look at your life. 
Does Jesus rule over your person? Are our habits and inclinations under his authority and not ours? Does Jesus rule over your home? Are you the wife or husband that you have been called to be, kind and affirming? Does Jesus rule over your family? Are you the mother or father that Christ would call you to be, not provoking your children to anger? Do you know that's in the scriptures? Well, it is. Not provoking your children to anger, but guiding them to and in the ways of Christ. And let me tell you something that applies to every one of us here. These children are ours. You be good to them. Does Jesus rule over your business and professions? Are you known as one of honesty, of good character, and are trustworthy? So this week, be in deep thoughts about Jesus' question to his disciples. Who do you say I am? Write your answer down just for yourself. God is at work in the world today and in us. He calls us to be his disciples. What is your answer? What do you say? Amen.